looking. Deep pattern. Downfield. Touchdown, Miami. What a throw. Devontae Parker. Holy smokes. What a drive. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How is it going, everybody? I don't even have to answer that question, ask that question either. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's the fourth straight time you'll hear this. That's right. Four straight victories for your Miami Dolphins, and it might have been the most impressive of the entire bunch. We'll talk about these draft classes of the last couple of years, Tua to Waddle, the defensive performance on the five takeaways, special teams, everything from this complimentary victory by the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk about the game by the numbers, and we'll play a segment as we do weekly from the postgame show on 560 with yours truly, Seth Levitt, and OJ McDuffie. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins Let's go ahead and soak this one in for a day. What do you say, Dolphins? A comprehensive, complimentary team victory, scoring on teams, sacks and hits and takeaways and third down defense on that side of the football, explosive plays and balance on offense. The Dolphins had it all working on Sunday in a 33-10 victory over the visiting Carolina Panthers. And I want to go through these stats real quick because I think it kind of paints a picture for how this game went. The Dolphins had 22 first downs, the Panthers had 10, and three of those were on that final drive. So were two of their third down conversions. They go four for 14 in the game. Miami goes six for 14. The Panthers two for three on fourth down. Miami two for two on the money down there, the fourth down. 315 total yards for Miami, 198 for Carolina. The Dolphins have 204 passing games to Carolina's 134. Miami rushes for a buck 11 to Carolina's 64. 72 plays to 54 in this game. And the Dolphins turned it over once on the fumble. The Panthers turned it over three times. Miami also picked up five sacks. Carolina had just two in the game. And for penalties, Miami five for 35. Carolina seven for 61. Time of possession. 37 minutes, 34 seconds to 22 minutes, 22 seconds. Complete football for your Miami Dolphins. But even then, and Tua mentioned this in his postgame presser, that there are still plays that you can go out there and correct and play better. Because think about the sack on the opening drive to knock the Dolphins from field goal range into a punting situation. They later block a punt and score on that one, so all things worked out there. But the failed snap at the end of the first half, Likely a six-point swing there as you're well within Jason Sanders' range for a mid-range field goal. The play reverses, the field reverses rather, and all of a sudden the Panthers are in field goal range for a mid-range kick. You miss an extra point. That hadn't happened in 69 PAT tries of Jason Sanders. That was the best mark in the NFL at the time. Now he did make two field goals and those were big. So were his other three extra points. And then the weirdest drive line I've ever seen in my life. 10 plays, 19 yards, Six minutes and 34 seconds of game clock, and there was three penalties on that drive that basically caused Miami to bog down despite the fact that they were still having success offensively. I mean, 
There were even more chances to make this a more lopsided game than it was, but we are not going to dwell on that. No, no, no. We're going to get to our five takeaways here because it's a fun podcast. If you cannot hear it in my voice, I'm a little bit fired up. And if you haven't heard the post-game show on 560 WQAM yet with myself, Seth, and OJ, go check that out. We had a bunch of fun on that show, one of our best to date. And the Dolphins made it easier because doing a show after a game like that, you're going to have some fun. And we're going to have some fun here, starting with our first of five takeaways. First half dominance sets up this team the way they want to play with the lead. And this goes back to the offense in general and kind of the offensive structure. So is that a long enough takeaway for you? Like we mentioned, you're a mid-range field goal away from going up 24-7 at half, and instead it's 21-10. But then after that, Miami goes touchdown, field goal, field goal, and the defense doesn't allow an inch in that second half. Just a dominating performance on all three phases. It allows Miami to play more hair on fire with the pass rush and play that coverage to pair up well with it on the back end because the offense is having success. The special teams is having success and it allows the defense to play really the brand of football they want to play with the aggressiveness and going and attacking and getting the quarterback and playing that tight coverage. And boy, did they. So also the takeaway refers to the offensive game plan here, which I thought was fantastic, but just a dominating performance on all three phases. We'll keep it to the offense in this one because we'll talk about defense and teams later on. And specifically this offensive game plan and the structure. We'll talk about that also more on the all 22 pod tomorrow for you guys here on drive time, because I got to watch the tape to see just how comprehensive it really was. I can't wait to do it. But first, early on in this game, the quick game, the first four plays was a running play and three quick throws from Tua that gave the pass rush no opportunity to make their big plays. You negate those pass rushers. And that's something I talked about all offseason with how you could construct an offense around this quarterback because of the release, because of the footwork, because of the ability to get the football out quickly that it kind of pairs up well with the strengths of Tua's game, and that in itself can help negate the pass rush plans. We saw that in terms of how the play calls went early in the game, and it was that way all game long. I mean, that little flat route to Durham Smythe coming under the formation in motion or kind of pulling off like a a split zone block and they just dumped the ball off to him. I mean, that play worked over and over and over again, and Seth Levitt during the game next to me at one point, I think it was like a one or two yard gain to Smythe on that play because they ran it several times in the game. He said, I think that's a case of going back to the well one too many times, and then a few plays later, they go right back to it, and Smythe has a big chunk gain set up like a second and short on first down, so that worked out for them pretty well. He has five catches for 32 yards in this game, actually had the second most catches among Dolphins receivers tied with Albert Wilson. We're seeing all kinds of motion, return motion, stacks, bunches, things that can give two a pre-snap indicators. And then once the ball is snapped, there are wrinkles on top of wrinkles that are continuing to play sequence and develop as the year goes along. How about this as well from the backfield? And this will lead to another point here as well. In the rushing category, Miles Gaskin, two rushing touchdowns in the game. Philip Lindsay rushes 42 yards in his Dolphins debut. They carried the ball respectively between Miles and Lindsay 16 and 12 times. But it wasn't done right there. How about a fake quarterback sneak little option flip to Savon Ahmed for 16 yards on fourth and inches? I loved that call. Fantastic call to take advantage of the aggressiveness of the Panthers defense and get the ball out on the edge, which they did consistently throughout the course of this game. Attack those hair on fire pass rushers with the running game. It works that way. How about Durham Smythe motioning in for a pair of quarterback sneak snaps that were both successful? That's awesome. 
And then Tua runs for a big first down late in the game. So you have rushing contributions, passing game contributions from the entire roster, up and down the quarterback, running back and receiver position, tight end, offensive line, whatever the case was, there was plenty of guys involved in this performance. So the whole damn party was contributing in the running game there. And to that point, Brian Flores talked about this postgame, how Philip Lindsay got here on Wednesday night after being claimed off waivers by the Houston, or from the Houston Texans, rather, and he's in the game plan for 12 carries, and we'll get his snap count tomorrow, but that speaks to his preparation, and I gotta tell you, between fresh legs and the juice he has on those wide runs, guys, I, I just talked about this, that pairs beautifully with Miami's complex horizontal game and all that shifting and motion and crossing and mesh and all the high load they can run, and we talked about some of these busts and coverage you've seen, really just about one per week that Miami has taken advantage of over the last month or so, and how you can dictate and set the tempo or set the course for those coverage busts. That's a product of the operation. And then when you add Lindsey, like when he was rushing for 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons, going to a Pro Bowl in Denver his first two years in the league, it was a lot of wide zone, stretch zone stuff. And it's a phenomenal complement to what you do well. And I want to talk about pass protection as well, because that's an area where Philip Lindsay was exceptional in this game, I thought. And how about this quote, which was posted by the ESPN beat writer, Marcel, my good, good buddy over there at ESPN. He had this, or he posted this, I should say, about Philip Lindsay's quote on pass protection. And he said, that doesn't take talent. All it takes is determination and effort and being of the dog mentality to say, I'm not going to let my quarterback get hit. Honestly, that's what it's all about in my head, how I process things. And I'm a little bit crazy, but how I process things is how I'm protecting this man, his health and everything about him. He would then would go on talking about how important it is to protect the quarterback and how that's a big part of the position and really the game for his, for what he does. And I love that. And he showed it in this game. So he comes in and makes a big contribution early. Then you are continuing to see more creativity. How about Tua in the gun with Lindsey dotting him in the pistol? And then, wait for it, Preston Williams in a single wing look. I mean, we're seeing all kinds of innovative stuff from this game plan. And I thought that that they called it positively brilliantly on Sunday. Aggressive, dictate the terms, get the ball out of Tua's hands, take away their strengths by going against what they do well, and just getting guys to slow up Burns and Reddick, those two pass rushers, they did get one sack, but guess what? That combo of pass rushers, which had, I think someone tweeted this week that if they were a team by themselves, Burns and Reddick, they would rank 30th in the National Football League in sacks. They're that good. They were averaging 1.58 sacks per game coming in, and they get just one. And I know Burns had at least one tackle for loss. I'll have to circle back on that. He had a big sack that changed the drive that basically took a field goal chance off the board, and their presence was felt because that's what they do, but they didn't wreck the game. That's what you have to plan for against the opposition's best players. And by the way, Christian McCaffrey, 10 carries for 35 yards, also didn't wreck the game. That's for the next point. But just a good job of game planning against the strengths of the opposition, both offensively and defense. A great job all around by the offense. The Dolphins are the third team this year to score 30 points against the number six ranked scoring defense in the Carolina Panthers. Only Dak and that explosive Dallas offense have done it. And Arizona And I would say it was Kyler Murray, but it was actually Colt McCoy. But he's playing well for the Cardinals too. So those are the teams with Miami that have scored 30 points against this Panthers defense. You know who else did an awesome job in this game? Takeaway number two, dominant defense, baby. Oh, and the takeaways. Oh, and the sacks and QB hits. The Panthers had 72 yards on their first seven plays. And I mean, it was 64 on one play. That's an average of 10.3 yards per play. After that, 
126 play yards on 47 plays. That is 2.68 yards per play. That'll do. That will do. And you have Xavier Howard and Javon Holland. And if you recall, I think it was last week, Xavier basically said, our mentality is if the ball's in the air, I'm going to get it or that guy's going to get it. High praise from your veteran all-pro cornerback for your rookie safety, who is now the first safety since 20, or first defender rather, to have two interceptions in a season since Nick Needham did it back in 2019. Love that comment. Those, both those guys get picks. It's vintage Xavier Howard running a route where he basically runs the route for the receiver where he disrupts him at the line of scrimmage, disrupts him at the top of the stem, and then gets in the catch point and basically is the receiver at that point, undercutting an in-cut, an in-breaking route, and he makes the pick for another big play by Xavier Howard. Javon Holland on his pick, you've got trips to the field, and he's in a split-high safety look where Cam Newton has three options to that portion of the field. They run a post and a corner trying to put Holland in conflict. He's not having that. He drives in the corner route and makes the big play for a pick. Awesome looking rookie for these Miami Dolphins. So X and Holland doing their thing. They're also heating up the Dolphins defense in the pass rush game, which actually Nick Needham's interception comes off of Andrew Van Ginkle pressure and tipped pass. And Van Ginkle had an awesome game as well. I don't have QB hits yet for you, but I'll have it tomorrow. I know it was a lot. Cam Newton from ESPN here, 23.8% completion rate in this game was the lowest ever by a former National Football League MVP. Fantastic. Jalen Phillips, three sacks. What a great game for the rookie. Alandon Roberts, I thought, was tremendous in this game. Christian Wilkins gets a sack. And there's so much that he does for other guys too. Actually, on one of the Phillips sacks, Wilkins set him up. And on a sack where Phillips had an opportunity for his fourth of the game and fell off the quarterback, Christian Wilkins cleans it up because he took on two blockers and cleaned out a lean, a lane rather, for Jalen Phillips to run through. So he kind of got paid off there for his hard, dirty work. But he does so much that you don't see if you're just box score scouting. He's a fantastic player. Emmanuel Ogba gets a sack. Makes it seven straight games as well with a line of scrimmage batted pass, a pass defense. He leads all defensive linemen in the National Football League in that category. Talked about Roberts. Thought he was fantastic. I thought he, uh, him and Jerome Baker had a fantastic game. Van Ginkle was exceptional off the edge. His sack or his pressure that he had on Cam Newton where he hit him on the blind side and kind of jarred that ball free for a, a fluttering pass there. He has an excellent pass rush move where he dips under the punch of the Panthers' left tackle. He didn't even get touched on that thing. He played tremendous in this game. I thought Zach Sealer continued his dominance in the run and well as well in the pass rush game as he applied some pressure there too. I thought Raekwon Davis was tremendous. I think I'm missing some here, but this Dolphins defense, Eric Rowe, some great tackling in this game and a more elevated snap count in the place of the injured Brandon Jones. And on that topic, I mean, Javon Holland, you know, kind of quarterback in the defense from that back end, one of those signal caller positions with a, a bit of a change in the lineup with no Brandon Jones in this game. He's back there communicating things. I, I didn't see any breakdowns or any coverage bust. They were pretty sharp in that regard all game long. So for him to be able to do that, to play up on the line of scrimmage, to wheel out and get back to the middle of the field, to cover out in the slot, whatever the case may be, he was on it today. And this Dolphins defensive flexibility, I thought you saw that too, because Eric Rowe a few times lined up in slot coverage, which Brandon Jones has done, but he steps right in, next man up, they get the job done. This Dolphins defense right now is tracking better over the last four games than they did last season when they were a top, what was it, six or seven scoring defense, when they were the best third down defense and best takeaway defense in the National Football League. Sample size, absolutely, 
but that's what you want to see. Third downs, takeaways, points. They're not allowing anything right now, and hopefully they keep that rolling because if they do that, they're going to have a chance to win every single game they play. They're heating up as they do in this month. Brian Flores, post-Halloween in his career here, 16-6. and six. He's 10-3 and three in November. Let's look at Carolina's drive chart here real quick. Blocked punt, which, by the way, was Justin Coleman's fourth career touchdown. Great stat there. Two interception returns, a fumble return, and now a blocked punt return. And let's – actually, we'll go ahead and say that. Give me a second. I'm, I'm a little bit hot right now, guys. We'll come back to that. Blocked punt, touchdown. That was the Panthers' only really good drive of the game. Interception, interception. Punt, punt, punt. Field goal after a fumble return took them down into field goal range. They run one play. It's a successful field goal. Punt, punt, interception, downs. So let's take out that field goal real quick. After the touchdown, interception, interception, punt, 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 interception, downs. That'll work. Takeaway number three, waddle, 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 and Tua. These two guys, man, against the top-ranked passing defense in the National Football League, Jalen Waddle goes over 100 yards in the first half. He's the first-ever Dolphins receiver, or rather, the first Dolphins receiver to go over 100 yards in the first half of a game since Jakeem Grant did it on Christmas Eve in 2017 up in Kansas City. He's also on pace to break both reception and receiving rookie records by a Miami Dolphins rookie. His 25-yard catch to kick things off, I I thought that was fantastic where you get that big play to kind of start the game, set the tone, and really make the Panthers aware of his speed, his explosiveness, and where they want to go with the football. 10 targets, 9 catches, 137 yards in this game, and a touchdown. Also, the play before that, or before the the, uh, the uh, Brian Bird strip sack, he was he was open downfield, but Tua didn't have time to get it down there to him, so he had a chance for even more yardage. We talk about it all the time, but he continues to make plays down the field. The touchdown catch was so impressive for a speed guy to go in between two defenders, ball right between those defenders. He goes up and Tua trusts him because he makes that catch and he does the stick route. I mean, to run a stick route against zone coverage in those areas and to know you're going to get hit and secure that football, fantastic work. And the, the accuracy of that throw, the accuracy of the third and six play where they gain 11 yards and convert there. I mean, Waddle got fouled multiple times on that route. He's held at the line. He gets held again at the top of the route. He still breaks it off and still makes a contested catch as the ball's on the outside shoulder away from danger from Tua. That connection is really coming along here. And Brian Flores and Tua Tungavailoa both talked about the way this kid prepares, how he's in early, how he sets himself up for the production that he has by the way he prepares and gets himself ready to play all positions on offense. He's really doing it this rookie season. He's having a fantastic rookie year. And he also came to his post-game media wearing sunglasses. So that's about where it looks for him right now. He's balling. So is the guy that threw those accurate passes. How about the first 16 career starts for Tua Tungavailoa now in the books? You want to hear those numbers? I do. 351 completions on 524 attempts. That's 67% completion for the layman, two-thirds. 3,515 yards. That's about 6.8 yards per pass. 21 touchdowns, 11 picks, a 90.5 passer rating. And why don't we go ahead and sprinkle in six rushing touchdowns to go along with that and a 9-7 and seven record as a starter. Hopefully he can continue to build that win-loss record. But 
That's a pretty good start for the first 16 games of a player's career. He looks the part. He has surpassed a 100 passer rating in four of his last five appearances. His first half passer rating in this game when, you know, it got lopsided there towards the end, so I wanted to track the first half when it was still close on the scoreboard. A a 117.7 passer rating. He finishes 88% on the day, a 108.9 passer rating in the game against the top-ranked passing defense in the National Football League. And one of the last points here on Tua is that over that span, what has been added to his game, the longest completions of his career continue to pop up. It didn't happen today, but just check this out. In Buffalo, that 46-yard pass on fourth and short to Mike Gesicki, the longest of his career at the time. Then he missed a couple games. 64 yards coming off the bench against Baltimore that surpasses his career long. One week later, 65 yards to Mac Hollins for a touchdown. That is now his career long. And then today, 57-yard pass to Jalen Waddell. And you talk about the fire he exudes. On some on that drive I talked about, the 10-play, 19-yard drive, all those penalties, he was getting, getting on guys for the mistakes and the penalties there. And of course, he's accountable for his own, and he'll take blame for things in a postgame. But to see him out there kind of trying to bark at guys and, and get things corrected, that's the kind of fire, that's the kind of passion you want to see out of your leader, out of your quarterback. thought today was one of the best days in the Dolphins' career of Tua Tungavailoa. Tua, man. That's a takeaway. Him and Waddle are doing the damn thing. How about the fourth takeaway here? The second quarter. The Dolphins averaged 2.5 points per game in the second quarter coming into this through the first 11 games of the season. 14 in this half. Could have had 17 there if not for the failed snap and a made field goal if they put that away. But pair that with the way they've played in quarters one, three, and four. If they do that, they can compete with absolutely anybody. And finally, fifth takeaway, special teams, baby. It is such a big boost to a team when you can score on special teams early in the game, and Miami wasted very little time doing that with a blocked punt. And let's talk about that blocked punt. What a great shift there. First of all, Duke Riley is the one that got the block, and he comes onto the field late and gets into the into the formation. And at the very last second, just like last year on the Andrew Van Ginkle block against the Chargers, you have the jammer out on the on the, uh, I can't remember what side of the formation. It was left of the defense. And the jammer's across from the gunner. I don't know what he's called. That's what I called him. OJ called him something else, but whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The guy that's supposed to prevent the gunner from getting downfield. At the very last second, he shifts and comes in and leaves that man on an island, the, the gunner on an island, and he crashes in as a blitzer, and that pulls the protector back there away from the interior, and that opens a lane for Duke Riley, gets the block punt, Justin Coleman catches that, and then everybody dogpiles and pushes Coleman into the end zone from one yard out. So you talk about teams, like a team effort. That was it right there. Coaching, adjustments, uh, special teams ace, Duke Riley coming clean, the adjustment on the jammer, Justin Coleman recovering it, the rest of the team pushing him in, microcosm of the game early on there, and that set a tone that basically was played out the rest of this game. So they blocked a punt. They had two punts inside the 10-yard line, another at the 12-yard line, another inside the 20-yard line. So four punts for Pilardi, all inside the 20-yard line. I thought Mac Jones was down there for at least three of them, if not all of them. Jason Sanders goes three for four on PATs, two for two on field goals. I think it was all touchbacks by him as well because the Dolphins had three returns for 26 yards. Carolina did not have a single return in this game. Boom. That's how you do it. I want to finish up with a 5B takeaway here. And this is just kind of an update on a topic I've been talking about for a few weeks now. The last two draft classes, Jalen Waddell, 137 receiving yards in this game. 
If you go back to week six and on, he is PFF's highest graded rookie receiver and a top 12 graded receiver in the National Football League after week six. Jalen Phillips, three sacks. He's top three among his position mates in quarterback pressure. So a breakout game for him. He now moves into, I think it was third or fourth all time among Dolphins rookies for sacks. He's, he's coming up there. Eight is the record. Let's see if he can continue to pursue that as he has five and a half now. Javon Holland gets his second career or second pick of the season and career. He has another big game for the safety. Liam Eichenberg, Reddick had no sacks. He works off that side largely, had some nice seals in the running game as well. Hunter Long, I heard this on the radio broadcast by Jason Taylor, and I thought it was the Waddle completion, the 57-yard play, but I went back and looked, and it wasn't him. But Philip Lindsay had a great pass pro pickup on that play, by the way. But Hunter Long, I thought it was that play that JT referenced. It wasn't. It was another one. I'll circle back to that, but he had a big block in this game, and he was on the field for a pair of Dolphins touchdowns down there in the red area. Tua Tungavailoa, back to 2020. Here's a list of quarterbacks who have completed 80% of their passes in back-to-back games since 1950, minimum 30 attempts. Peyton Manning, 2013. Drew Brees, 2018. Kyler Murray, 2021. Tua Tungavailoa, 2021. That's it. As Logic says, he's balling. He's balling, y'all. Austin Jackson, I can't give you anything in this game specifically without watching the tape again. I, I, I can't track all 22 guys. I just can't do it. But we talked about his growth throughout the course of the season. I think we saw more of that today. Same deal with Noah Igbenogany. I'll, te- I'll peep the special teams tape tomorrow, give you guys a better feel for how he's doing. Uh, big Rob Hunt, sort of the same deal with Austin, but I think he's playing his best ball as of late. Raekwon Davis was immovable on Sunday. Brandon Jones didn't play, but we know about his impact. Big strip sack last week, all kinds of pressures. Solomon Kinley is, you know, he's played some games and had some production for this Dolphins offensive line. And Blake Ferguson continues to be the long snapper and one of the kind of key guys on that special teams group. So, whew, you guys want to stay tuned for a post-game show segment with the great OJ McDuffie and Seth Levitt. Just real quick, by the way, OJ McDuffie, to me, he's my he's my personal goat because this man, he's just the great greatest guy. He invited me and my family over for Thanksgiving, went over there, watched some football with him, and he was just the best host. And the family is so polite. OJ, thank you so much, man. You made our Thanksgiving even better than it already was. You're the man, dude. I I, I truly love you. You and Seth, like you're my guys. I love you guys. So thank you for that. Go ahead and stay tuned for a post-game show segment here. But in the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL as well as Instagram. Follow the Dolphins social media accounts at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast. They have Dwight Hollier coming up this week. If you're, if you're into kind of the struggle between mental health and sports and that connection, he talks a lot about that. You do not want to miss that. Also, check out our YouTube channel for Dolphins Today. Our media availability is all up on the YouTube channel. And, of course, MiamiDolphins.com. I'll have three takeaways for you guys up later today. Until next time, fins up. Caroline, Daddy is coming home. Stay tuned for a segment from the Post Game Show with me, Seth Nojo. It's that time again. Let's hand out some game balls. We don't break. Right, that was a great job. We got it from everybody. Offense, big drive. Defense, they're gonna stop at the end. Don't make these corrections, we're gonna get better. We're gonna stay with our process, though. We're gonna stay with our process. All right, let's get ready to go. Call it up, though. Call it up. It's time to present today's game balls with Travis, Seth, and OJ. Well, I 
was going to throw it to one of my teammates here, but I'm going to go ahead and be selfish because the Apple Cup streak is over. Nine years in the running, the, the, the Washington State Cougars took that win, so I'm taking the game ball first off here, and I'm going to the quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, a shocker day. The biggest shocker of the day is me taking him. 108.9 passer rating against the NFL's top ranked passing defense. The 16 game stats of his career you now that he's been starting. He is a 67% passer, 351 completions on 524 attempts, 3,515 yards, 21 touchdowns, 11 picks. That's a 90.5 passer rating. Oh, and by the way, six rushing touchdowns to go along with that. So I'm a believer in this kid long term. And how about the fact that since he came back, guys, well, he's had some time here and there, but going back to the Buffalo game, 46-yard completion to Mike Gesicki for a big gainer. Uh, missed a little bit of time. Then 64 yards against Baltimore to Albert Wilson. 65 yards to Mac Hollins in the game against the Jets for a touchdown. And today, 57 yards to Jalen Waddle. The big plays are coming. The efficiency is there. The touchdowns. We got rid of the one mistake today, so that was out the door as well. Big game for Tua. Again, he's trending in the right direction, Juice. Who's your game ball? Man, I mean, come on. Hey, you know, soccer. Soccer for me, too, right, Big Seth? Um, yeah, <laughs> wait, hold on. Let's see. Everybody take a big guess. You're right. Go waddle. Ahead. Waddle's my man, waddle, waddle, of course. Waddle waddle, 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 man. I love his waddle, man. I even love the spike even more today when you got up in the end zone, man. How about this? In a couple of weeks, man, he's got 17 grabs, over 200 yards, and score, but big play after big play after big play, moving the chains, man. Waddle's starting to get it, man. I was watching the game today, and you see him all over the place. He's in the slot. He's outside. He's inside. He's running the Jets. He's doing all kinds of things, man, what you do with a playmaker like that. So we finally are getting what we wanted and expected out of our, you know, our first-round pick, our first first-round pick this year. And Jalen Waddle, man, I just love him, man. I talk about it all the time, man. Everybody wants to get on me about, you know, all these other guys that we probably could have taken. If it wasn't for Waddle's injury, he'd been the first. We wouldn't have Waddle. Nope. If Waddle didn't get hurt, we would not have Waddle. I, yeah, man, can you say, can I say thank you for the injury? No, nah, let's just not go there. Same let's just ride this really. production. Because we've got let's this guy. Let's not talk about this. We've got this Same guy thing. right let's here, Let's ride the production. And I am, I am all in on number 17, Jalen Waddle, man. And, and I think a lot of people are too, man. So, you know, my, my, my ball, my game ball, of course, goes to the wide out. Juice, <laughs> he is absolutely. Jalen Waddle, he's, he's special, have man. an open assault on the Dolphins record. And you were telling me some stuff. Please tell me more about it, Big Seth. Yeah, well, first of all, he had his first 100-yard game right. of the season. But he got those 100 yards. In the right first away, half. immediately, immediately. And, and so, going this, we have to go back to Juice's draft class. The last time a Miami Dolphins player had 100 yards and a half, it was your guy Terry Kirby, DK. who I saw in the hallway coming <laughs> over here. Who was he? Was kind of it was a double-edged sword <laughs> with him. He's happy for the Dolphins the way they play, but you know, so he got leapfrogged with receptions, his rookie reception <laughs> record today. So he's now third. He's in third place. And Waddle, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry. Jalen Waddle's coming after you, right? right? He's coming after right. you there with receptions. But, yeah, TK was the last guy to have 100 yards receiving in a half for the Dolphins as a rookie. Farrell Edmonds was the only other one. So that means no Dolphins rookie receiver, not even the great O.J. McDuffie, had 100 yards I got, I got no burning offense there. I got no burning <laughs> offense as a rookie. But Jalen Waddle <laughs> did it today. But, you know, the four touchdowns, right? So he's, he's climbing up there. He's chasing, I think, Jarvis. He needs one more to, to – Ty Jarvis yeah. there for third place. And the rushing touchdown, and, too. And the, he's got the rushing touchdown as well. And I think he's going to chase down Chris Chambers with the yardage as well. Right. You know, I, I saw Chris on, on Twitter uh, this week, and he said, hey, I did it in the 16-game season. <laughs> well, guess what, Chris? It's going to be sort of 16. I might do it in 16 yeah. games as well. And at 17, <laughs> he might just put a little cherry on top. So, and, and listen, while we're on the topic of the, the, 
the last two draft classes, we heard it from Brian Flores in his press conference. I was leaning in a different direction, but how could you ignore what Jalen Phillips was doing out there? Every time you turned Let's around, go. he's knocking the quarterback down. Had three sacks today. Becomes uh, So A.J. Dewey and Marco Coleman are the only other rookies in Dolphins history who had three sacks in a day. Um, but now he's up to six and a half on the season. He moves into fourth place all time already for sacks by a Miami Dolphins rookie. And I don't think he's done either. No, guys. Right. Definitely I don't not. think he's. Oh, it's just beginning. He's right? just starting to figure it just out. Beginning. He really is just starting to figure it out. You said you heard Coach Flo talk about that, man. He's been the guy that's been the, the pick guy. And now he's going to be the guy that we're going to free up a little bit more. Yeah, well, they need to. They need yeah. to get him out there. But they all are working so well together. Oh, so and good. it's. You know, you see him on the right end. Next thing you know, he's lined up inside of Agba. Next thing you know, I mean, you, everywhere, they're moving them all around. And, and that's and a difference we've seen. Everywhere yeah, except these young guys are starting to be able to go different places on the field and make plays. Before, you had to line them up and play it. You, right. you got to line up here, you got to line up here, even Waddle. You got to line up here in the slot, and that's it. Now they're moving him, he's outside. Same thing with Jalen Phillips. You can put him inside, outside, and, man, what a – and that's, that's, that's being smart, guys. You, Yep. And that's one of the things that we talked about with the Dolphins, drafting smart guys and, that can play multiple positions and go out there. But these are smart guys who are also incredibly athletic, can, can like jumping off the charts athletic. So, you know, look, you're talking about the first pick from last year's draft, the first two first-round picks from this year's draft. They're getting great production. And all the noise that people had earlier on, on the season, and I understand where it came from, now, you can't judge a draft class after five nope. games. You can't judge a draft class after a season or two, quite frankly. Bro, bro, I sucked as a receiver my first year <laughs> because I didn't know enough. Well, there you go. You know, you don't. You The game is so different. I No matter if you play the UM, you play the Alabama or Penn State, you're not, you, you don't know enough because you're playing as grown men and you've got to learn so much more, man. So, yeah. Five games in, Seth, you're right, man. You can't judge those guys. But watch now. Watch how they start rolling, bro. I, I mean, look, they're going to be enshrined in, in all time in the record books. Yeah. They're going to be the in books. the record books here. They're, they, and they're going to – I think that they're going to set some records. All these old heads, man, they hate these records, man, dropping, man, dropping, 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 yeah, man. You know, that's why you hear – that's why little. TK was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's part of it, bro. <laughs> he was happy, though. TK was happy. And, uh, and look, you know, listen, got to give him a little bit of love, not just because of your draft class. He had all those catches coming out of the backfield. He did, he did. And, you know, potentially with one eye. Did we draft the blind guy? <laughs> blind guy. We, we got drafted a blind, a blind guy, guy and he had 74 guy. receptions. So, so shout out to Terry Kirby. Listen, I think that's great when you get to yeah. bring up guys from 1993. It took that yeah. long for those records to start to fall. Absolutely. But, man, oh, man, you like to see it from the guys that you drafted. So my game ball goes to Jalen Phillips. I'm not going to throw up at you here because that's not what I'm going to do. Steph, you I just got not. Steph's You attention. better not. I don't do you that could, kind of yo, thing. Yo, you better. You get in trouble for that. I don't even care what he did in college right now because I he's with my squad now. He's with my squad. He can take home a Seth Levitt game ball today, and I'm sure he's really excited about it. He might put it on Twitter. Yeah, let's so. go ahead and finish off with the Goku's. Why not? Uh, so, Juice, you were saying. <laughs> you know that half of our listenership doesn't even know who you're talking I about? I don't care. I know that, and I don't care. We're going we're gonna to keep doing it because it's a bit here officially. But, you know, back to Juice's point about you know his rookie season, I'm not going to say this. Suck juice. I don't. Uh, oh, he didn't suck, bro. As a receiver, I wasn't very good. But think about that Bills game. We were all upset about that play where Mike gets the snap off of his chest and the right. fumble. And it's because Waddle wasn't lined up right, right? right? And right. now he's – think about how long ago that feels like. Five yeah. games ago yeah. feels like a, a lifetime ago. And just to kind of follow up on both your guys' points here, you know, Jalen Phillips rushing from the inside, rushing from the outside, the games they can run because of his versatility. Oh, by the way, the other draft pick after that guy, Javon Holland, had a pick today as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the, Chris Greer, tip your cap to him. He's having a, a hell of a run right now.
Edwards. And then exactly back to right. Waddle real quick. You know, Juju talked about getting him at six overall. You got him knowing he's a 4-2 guy who had a billion 50-plus yard touchdowns to Alabama. That's right, a billion. But Juice, third That's down, contested catches, the holding call that they did not call in that third and six where he completes for 11 yards, a great throw in traffic there. He goes up and makes a contested catch. He's so sure-handed, and you saw that on the touchdown too, man. Like, that's why he's the sixth overall pick, yeah. right? He's not just a fast guy like John Ross was a couple years back. He does everything well. And that is critical. You look at some of the guys that went before him. There's only one receiver, you know, Jamar Chase that went ahead of him. How much dirty work is he doing? You know, I don't know. I don't watch enough of their games because I don't really care to watch any of their games. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though he might be on my fantasy football team at times. But at the same time, though, man, if the more you can do, the better off you are as a, as a, as a football player. We only dress out 47. You know how many guys have to have multiple roles? I mean, he's returning punts, right. blocking, you know, he's catching passes, running the ball and jet sweeps, all kinds of different things. Dude, being that multifaceted, man, is impressive, man. And that's the type of guy that, that, that Jalen is, man. And it's so much fun to sit out there and watch him and see the progression, the scene growing week in, week out, man. I mean, it's, it's awesome, man. And, and like you talk about, Big props to Chris Greer, you know, because everybody sits there and they, they want to, you know, they want to sit there and talk about a player or the draft class right away. You can't do that. You got to give them time, especially in the first half of the season in, in this year two with some of these other guys, and it's starting to pan out really well. There's still a lot of work to do. The guys that we're talking about right now. They're producing, man. This year and even he last year. He have 100 year, catches this year. You know that, it, Juice. Stop like it. He's, he's on pace to have 100 catches. Well, I don't care about that. I already, I'm Plus, already past Jones, that. Right, I'm already right. past that. So, yeah, but you, you get talk, it. You talked get, about get 120 then, player. <laughs> You talked about Jamar Chase. He's only got about 120 more yards than Waddle right now. And if you go to Pro Football Focus, they have J- Jalen Waddle going back to that Bills game as their highest graded rookie receiver 1, and like the 10th graded receiver overall in the National Football League. So he is coming on. He is balling. We're going to talk more about that. We have the drive of the game still to come your way.